My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Good. Praise the Lord. So good to see each and every one of you this morning. And uh, I turn your attention to 2 Kings chapter 4. Now, this morning, if you have been used to um, relying upon those screens, we call them the cheat screens, if you uh, may want to make sure you bring your Bible, although I believe there will be some screens up there next Sunday, but as we change right now, we just turn your attention to the Word of the Lord, 2 Kings chapter 4. It's exciting what God is doing in this hour. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. The good thing she said was, Thy servant. That's good. Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Her husband served Elisha. That's good. But it also says of her husband, his servant did fear the Lord. That's good. He served the man of God. He feared the Lord. But listen to what she said, and the creditor is come. Not good. The creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in, thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaiden hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in... Thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. And she went forth from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels unto her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There's not a vessel more and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God and said, Go Sell all the oil, sell the oil, pay the debt, and live thou and thy children upon the rest. And this morning, I want to take a few minutes to talk, you, talk to you about miraculous multiplication. This is not the multiplication that you and I learned in school. It's different. I'm going to say it's the new math. But it's the same God. And when he multiplies it, it goes beyond anything that you can expect. I believe this morning God's going to bless us through this word. Would you one more time raise your hands to the Lord and let's just call upon his name right now. Jesus, we thank you this morning for your presence. Would you speak to us? 
Would you have your way in this place? Would you move in this house, Lord? We pray that your blessings and your strength would be upon each and every one. Let your will be done today in the wonderful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Let it be done, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much for standing. It's miraculous multiplication. And this woman received a miracle for many reasons. And the primary reason, though, is simply this, that when she was in trouble, she ran to the man of God to find out what should I do in the midst of my trouble. What should I do? I'm so glad today that you and I, we can come into the house of the Lord. We can find the answers that we need. We have available to us the word of God. Whenever we're in trouble, I believe that God will open up his word and he will speak to us. Oftentimes people are waiting for someone to give them a word or waiting for some prophet or some spiritual person to impart to them what the word of, word of the Lord is for them. And those times are great and I'm thankful for the word, those times that the word of the Lord comes through men and women of God. But what we have available all the time, can I declare that? All the time we have his word. We have 66 books. We have all that there is that we need that can sustain us in this life. It is available for us all the time. You don't have to wait for somebody, some prophet to come and give you a word. But I, if you pray and seek the Lord, I believe he can be found. I believe you could call upon his name and he is near. This woman, she was in crisis. She was in trouble. The Bible says that she was identified as one of the wives of the sons of the prophet. And she came to Elisha in, a, in great distress. And this was her problem. My husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and, and, and a creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. What's amazing is, is that the prophet Elisha responded. He says, tell me what hast thou in the house. The creditor is come. The man of God tells this widow what? Do you have in your house? In other words, he did not say, well, let me get some people together, a group of men, and we'll take care of this creditor. Any of you ever got those letters in the mail? Wanting some money? Wanting to make sure the debt is paid, right? Elisha didn't say, well, let me get some men and we'll take care of that creditor. We'll meet him in a dark alley and we'll make sure that he leaves you alone. We'll rough him up. He didn't say, let me get a petition together and, and see if a judge will stop this action against you perhaps and, and maybe give you some time to pay it. She didn't, have, she didn't need any of those things. She didn't have the money to pay and she certainly didn't have time to pay it. The credit creditor was come. Elisha didn't say, let me see if we can hide you from the creditor. In other words, what the man of God said was what you, are, what you need is already 
in your house. It's already there. What do you have in your house? The man of God basically took a step back and redirected her attention, not to anything or anyone else, but he redirected her attention back to her house. Now, she knew there was nothing in her mind in that house that she could use to pay off the debt. You know, when the man of God pointed her back to the house, he was trying to tell this widow woman, you've already got what you need. You just need to go take another look. Go back to that house. You know, uh, not all crises are equal. In other words, we deal with some problems. Some problems are bigger than other problems. You know, sometimes when you think you've got problems, just ask around. Your problems that you thought were this big, Brother Dennis, all of a sudden you realize, well, I don't really even have any problems compared to some. And that is so true. Sometimes we think our problems are the worst of the worst, but it won't take long. Just ask a couple people, and you'll begin to be thankful for the ones you have. (laughs) I know, that sounds crazy. But you know, every problem we evaluate, the answer to everything starts from where we are. Elisha asked what she had in her house. The woman's immediate response, Brother Anthony, was simply this. She said, not anything. The immediate response when he said, the answer's in your house. What do you have in your house? She said, not anything. In other words, when he said, look in your house, she said, I don't have anything in that house that I could sell that can pay this debt. I don't have anything in this house that's valuable enough. I don't have the garments. I don't have jewelry. I don't have anything of value that I can sell to pay this debt. What do you think that she thought of when he said, what's in thy house? What do you think went through her mind? And then she added, not any." thing but save a pot of oil and literally you could say except for an anointing of oil the only thing I've got in my house I've got an anointing of oil I've got a little bit of oil that's in that house I don't have anything in that house but a little bit of oil It's an anointing. You know, sometimes our priorities get all mixed up. And we may say, what do you have in your house? And you begin to list out all the things in the house. Of all that we possess, our material possessions of things that perhaps we have too tight of a hold upon. But how good it is to know that none of those things truly matter. The only thing that matters, is there an anointing there? Is there a presence of God there? Is the Lord's hands upon your house? I don't have anything there except for an anointing of oil. Elisha took that one small hint of a solution, one anointing of oil, and proceeded from that point forward. This widow woman, we don't know much about her. We don't know much about her husband. But what we do know is, is that her husband was one of the sons of the prophets. 
And the story that we read in the scriptures contains several references in the Old Testament about these sons of the prophets. You see them in Bethel and Jericho and Gilgal. Each of these groups were led by the same prophet. And when that prophet died like, or was taken up like Elijah, another man of God would take that place just like Elisha did. You know, these groups had their roots back as far as Samuel who wrote about a company of prophets, these that would come, that would, that would lead men and women and teach them the things of concerning the ministry. What you and I would probably associate them with today would be maybe Bible school type of thing where, where younger men and women go to learn and, uh, of seasoned ministry and ministers that can teach them and impart to them. The sons of the prophet here, the Bible tells us that this woman's husband, he was a faithful man. He was a servant of the prophet and he was one that feared God and I think that's very important because we cannot get away from the fact that we must also serve in the kingdom of God and we must be found to be what? Faithful. In fact Jesus even says, he says well done thou good and everybody say faithful. Faithful servant. And that's what we should strive for in this life. I want to be found to be a faithful servant. You don't know no, we don't know enough about this man of God, or we don't know a lot about him, but we do know he served and he was faithful. For this widow woman, the creditors were coming. They were on their way. We're not certain whose wife the widow had been. We are certain, though, that she was a wife of a prophet who had died and left her with a lot of debt. She sold everything of value but still lacked enough to pay the creditors. And when she came to Elisha with the problem, hold on, listen to this. When she came with her problem, he did not offer immediate help. Oh, man of God, you've got a word of the Lord for me? Can you, can you tell me what the Lord wants me to do? Elisha didn't have a word and said, okay, this is what God's going to do immediately. You know, when you look at the scriptures, he pointed her to what she already had available. And church, listen, you may not be able to get a hold of pastor. You may not be able to get a hold of some evangelist on the spot. But when you're in trouble, you can call upon the name of the Lord. And he will be your help. He will send the answer that you need. He will deliver. He will save. And how many of you can testify this morning that he has come through time and time again? Would you clap your hands right now unto the Lord and bless his name, for he is great. He is faithful. <laughs> oh, yeah. He didn't have an immediate answer for her. He had questions for her. He said, what do you have in your house? What's in your house? He wanted to point her attention to what she had available to determine if the widow had any available resources. Church, what do we have access to? I was telling someone just recently, you know, you look at what we deal with in life. I'm just talking about life in general. You know, the rain, the Bible talks about, it falls on the what? On the just 
and the unjust. And anybody who's breathing in this life, they're going to go through trouble and trial. That's just part of life. And those things happen no matter if you're serving God or not. But I was, I was stunned when I began to think about that in the midst of my trouble, I am not without a resource. I am never without. And I don't think saying resource even, even quite gives God the honor that is due because he's not just my, my resource when I'm in trouble. I mean, he, he is everything to me. He's not just the one who gets me out of trouble, but, but he means everything to me. When, when everything's going good, Brother Brown, I want to thank him. I want to praise him. I want to bless him. I want to honor him. Even when things are upside down, I still love the Lord with all my heart and all my strength. I don't want to just serve him because he always delivers but I want to serve him because I love him and he means everything to me. But the world, those who do not know God, take a moment and just try to realize what it's like when they are dealing with some of the same things we deal with, but yet they don't have anyone that they could call upon. Think about the emptiness. Think about the hopelessness. Think about the despair that comes upon people. I am so thankful for what we have in the kingdom of God. I'm so thankful for what we have found in Jesus Christ. There's nothing like him. Don't forget what you have access to. Don't forget what you and I have available to us. The Bible says that he is a very Oh, some of you have found that to be true. He's a very present help. He, he is here when we need him. Church, we must not forget the great access that we have, the benefits of serving the Lord, the blessings of being a part of the kingdom of God and be able to worship next to those that you worship with and praise the Lord with. Listen, I know we had to worship at home for a little while. Some of us did. I had to be here all the time. But you know what? Listen, it's so good to come together and worship the Lord with you. I wouldn't trade this for anything else in the world. World. I want to worship with Brother Dennis. I want to worship with Brother Rodney. I want to worship the Lord with you. Listen, I, there's nothing like coming together as the people of God and offering God praise like we did this morning. Hallelujah. There's nothing like that. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Nothing compares to this. This woman, though, comes to the man of God. The creditor wants her sons, and legally he could take the sons. All debt, though, we must understand, is a wager that all the conditions will remain constant. If you've ever signed the paperwork for a mortgage, it's brutal. You don't just sign one time and you're done. They're putting papers in front of you left and right as fast as you can sign it. They got another one down. Sign here, sign here. Go ahead and read it. Yeah, right. It'd take you a week to read all of those documents, and then would you even understand what they're saying? Let me tell you the bottom line. If you sign it, you're paying for it. And if you don't pay for it, we're coming to take it, and then we're coming to get whatever else you got. <laughs> she was in trouble. The creditor was coming. 
And if you look at our lives, church, listen, the Bible says that all have sinned. The devil is a merciless creditor, and he will not settle for one son when he can get two. He will not settle for just some of your family, but he wants all of your family. He won't settle for just messing up a church and bringing some division. He's going to want everything destroyed and everything torn down. Listen, we must be careful and understand that the love of money. I know I'm going to move quickly off this point, but listen, the love of money smothers mercy and it propagates cruelty. The creditors in our story, listen, they were demanding the remaining balance of the debt be paid. And if the debt couldn't be paid, the sons would become servants to the creditor. The parents had no idea what it would, it would really come to this because they thought when they signed the papers that they would always be able to pay under the Jewish law it was legal <laughs> the woman had no recourse she had no way to get around it men could borrow on their personal credit and primary security for debt was first considered to be their own persons the value of their labor and that of their dependents Hebrew law stipulated two things the service rendered could not be severe. And the second thing was at the time of the service was limited until the next year of Jubilee when the creditor came to take these sons. There were some stipulations that what they could and could not do. But one thing was certain they would be taken from her for a time and for a season. There's nothing to indicate from our story that we would know how long it would be to the year of Jubilee. But the creditor had apparently been unable to enforce the law against the boy's father before he died. And now the law was certainly on the creditor's side. Church, we face difficult times. We face uncertain circumstances each and every day. And if 2020 has taught us anything, is that we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But we know today that God is with us and he is going to be our help. It doesn't matter what comes tomorrow. It doesn't matter what comes next week. We've got a God who is faithful and who is true. And he will not leave us without help. Listen, he is the one that is our help in this hour. Here's this woman, the threat of losing her sons. The calm in the widow's desperation, or to calm the widow's desperation, Elisha just simply asks a question that would spur her into action. What do you have in your house? What is your resource? It is oftentimes in situations like this, panic in the face of dilemma, it could, it, could, it could make us not see how we would normally see. How many are in circumstances when, when trouble comes and trial comes? You, you, you're in a fog. You can't quite see like you'd want to see and understand. If you've ever been in a car accident, and then you try after the fact to describe what was going on pre-accident and, 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 and trying to explain what happened. You're in a fog after the accident. You're wondering what went on trying to figure it out. 
In the midst of circumstances, sometimes in life, we, we can't see what we need to see. But the man of God says, look, the answer is back at your house. The answer is there. It is a resource available. This woman, she was in debt and she couldn't pay. But the man that she loved left her something far more valuable than gold. He didn't pay the debt while he was living. But that anointing of oil, that testimony, that legacy, that he feared God and he was faithful. God does not forget about faithfulness. God doesn't forget about faithfulness. God doesn't forget about what you and I have done in the kingdom of God. No one may have recognized you for what you have done in the kingdom of God. And, and that can happen. But listen, God knows. God knows everything that we have done. And I'm looking for his reward. His reward is worth it. Oh, this man, listen, even though he left his wife with a debt she could not pay, what truly was left behind was a legacy of faithfulness. It's more valuable than gold. That desperate widow shows us that when the Lord helps, he, he helps anybody, the unnamed, the ordinary, the everyday people. The Bible shows us time and time again, God delivering just ordinary people, people we don't even know their names from the scriptures. But listen, God can deliver and God can help. God delivers in their homes in the scriptures. He delivers in their business. He delivers in their joy. He delivers in their grief. He delivers at marriage feast. He delivers at funerals, uh, in the midst of circumstances that comes to all, he is there to deliver. Listen, you and I must understand both positive and negative things that happen in this life. We can learn a lesson that our God is faithful. And if you found him to be faithful, would you give him praise one more time? Woman, what do you have in your house? To you and I, this woman's just some unnamed person in the scriptures, but to God, she was somebody known of God. Her resource was just a little bit of oil. There was no mineral oil. There was certainly no petroleum oil in Bible times, but there was olive oil. And the olives were picked before they were ripe and then pressed by different methods, mainly by foot or by a stone press. One tree, one olive tree could yield up to a half a ton of oil, which was then used for commerce and for light, for anointing rituals and for consecrations, for tithing, and certainly also for cooking. It's like to leave cooking for last. You and I think oil, we think for cooking. But you know, this woman had to go look in her house or take inventory in her mind what was there. It was a pot of oil. It wasn't very much. In fact, it was so insignificant, she only thought of it as a secondary thought, that there's nothing in the house, oh yeah, except pot of oil. It may have not even have been full, 
It was only an anointing of oil. Her resources are severely limited, certainly not enough to settle the debt to save her sons from slavery. But we know that our God can do so much, that God can do so much with just a small amount of oil. The way our God multiplies. <laughs> Elijah knew what God can do with oil. He was a benefactor that was sustained throughout a famine. Because why? Because of a small cruise of oil and a handful of meal. Elisha's understanding that this widow woman could be saved from slavery with just a little bit of oil. Jesus in the New Testament shows us that he was able to, to miraculously multiply just those five common barely loaves and two fishes. In the midst of all of that, he's able to multiply it beyond what it could originally do. It's a miraculous multiplication. How many of you have seen your finances miraculously multiply to meet the need? There have been so many times in my life that more bills are coming in. Now, if you have children, you got you got bills coming in. Now, those of you that don't have children in the house, then perhaps there's not as many coming in. But you know what? Children are expensive. I laugh when people talk about they get a credit from the IRS because of another dependent. I'm thinking, that little credit they give you, that's a drop in the ocean compared to what's going out. But I have seen my finances multiply. It doesn't make sense to me. But God has been so good. And listen, he rewards them that diligently seek him. God will always start what we have in the house. He can multiply our ordinary commonalities into extraordinary results. If we are willing to put our resources into his miraculous, multiplying hands. But you've got to place it in his hands. If you look at that staff in the hand of Moses, that small amount of blood on the doorpost in Egypt, a small boy with five loaves and two fish, the apostle Paul, who considered himself the least of all his peers, what God can do when we place it in his hands. This woman shows us that when she was told by the man of God to go and borrow vessels from everyone, from all your neighbors, not just any vessels, but he said, borrow empty vessels. Now you would think, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't she be asking for full vessels? No, she would be adding more debt that would have to be repaid. He said, and certainly it wasn't the purpose, get every empty vessel you can get your hands on. Don't gather a few. In fact, he said, do not gather just a few. Not a few. Not a few. Because when God multiplies, you already don't have enough room to contain it. So you might as well try to get everything you can get to contain as much of it. Press down, shaken together. 
and just a little bit, no, 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 while running, it's just, you can't contain it. You can't carry it. In fact, even the psalmist writer said about his cup, what? It's em- no, no it's, it, it's over. I got more than I can need, more than I can use. It's like my grandmother when she poured milk in my little bitty Dixie cup. Those Nilla wafers, those Dixie cups, that she filled that milk all the way to the top. I guarantee the Dixie Cup engineers said you could not fill that cup up to the point she filled it. <laughs> Expecting a child to be able to pick that cup up without shaking the milk and getting it everywhere. But my grandmother loved us so much, she said, I'm not just going to give them a little bit of milk with those cookies. Brother McHarris, she knew I was a cookie monster back then, and she may have fed that, that, that attribute in me, but she poured that milk, Brother Bush, as far up as she can get. You know why? Because she loved us. And I believe our God loves us. Look, no good thing will he withhold. Your cup's going to run over. Get every vessel you can get. She's got the vessels in the house. She shut the door upon her and her son. She's about to do something that if the public could ever get a glimpse shot of or, a, or an image of, they would have lined up in front of her house to demand that she pour out into their vessels. But probably they didn't have any empty vessels. She had every empty vessel in the neighborhood. So I take you inside of the widow woman's house. And on every table, on every chair, on on anything, on any object, around her, around the floor, everywhere, there's vessels everywhere, every different shape and size of vessel you can get. And she takes that little bit of an anointing of oil that she has, and she calls her sons and says, give me a vessel. And as she begins to pour out of that oil, it fills one vessel. And before... Before she even tilts that anointing oil back up, give me another vessel. Give me another vessel. Give me another. Can you imagine as this woman is pouring out this anointing of oil and she's pouring it out that it had to be faith, first of all, that says this is crazy. But the man of God said that if I pour out, there's going to be oil enough to spare. Listen, every vessel that came, the oil miraculously filled one after another after another to the point that when every vessel was filled, the son said, oh, we're all out, Mom. There's nothing left. Listen, what a blessing it is to see what God can do, what God can do because of a man's faithfulness and because of a man's willingness to serve God. You may not see all the blessings that are bestowed upon you because of your faithfulness, but I believe there'll be some blessings poured out upon your children, upon your grandchildren, upon your great-grandchildren, upon the next generation. Listen, don't discount your faithfulness. It's not just for this hour, but I believe it'll be passed on until the Lord comes. 
What you have is already enough. Would you stand with me this morning? What you have is already enough. Church, it's already there. What God wants to do in you in the Holy Ghost, you already have what you need. That infilling of the Holy Ghost, listen, it is the promise of the Father. It is the blessing, listen, that the world doesn't understand. If you ever have Jesus inside your life, nothing else can replace that. What you have is enough. God's miraculous multiplication is equal to any need and certainly can surpass all expectation. You and I must be willing to place our needs, our petitions, our requests into His capable hands. When you look at creation, you see the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And what the Bible says in the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It was really just a vessel that needed the moving of the Holy Ghost. You and I already have what we need for the miraculous. Now, if you need a miracle this morning, would you just simply raise your hands unto the Lord? As this woman came to the man of God, it didn't make sense. It did not compute. But whatever the man of God said, I'll go back to my house I'll go to every neighbor. I'll get every vessel. I'll get everything that I can pour the oil in. I'll find everyone that we can find, and we'll do exactly what you say. Would you lift your hands and your voice right now unto the Lord, and would you just give God praise and thanksgiving for his goodness and his blessings? I believe that in the midst of your praise and your worship, God can send the answer that you need this morning in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you know every need that's present in this place. You know exactly what each and every one has need of, Lord. We call upon your name. We believe that you can do the impossible. Jesus, I pray right now that every man, every woman in this place, I pray that you would bless them and bestow upon them, Lord, the miraculous. Multiply, Lord God. Use what they already have. Deliver, Lord, and set free. Make a way today, we pray. In the name of Jesus, let it be done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it be done. Would you praise God right now? Would you thank the Lord for his goodness? Hallelujah. That's it. In the name of Jesus, that's it, Sister Adams. Go ahead and lift your hands unto the Lord right now and let the Lord minister unto you. I believe the Lord's going to make a way right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus right now, you are a prayer answering God. You are faithful, Lord. Many years of faithfulness, oh God, you will bestow a blessing. When the woman returned back to the man of God, he said, go and sell the oil, pay the debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. There's going to be a blessing left over. There's going to be enough for you and your children. I say, what a God we serve who can multiply and do such a thing. Would you worship the Lord this morning as they sing unto the Lord? We're going to spend a moment in prayer. If you need a miracle right now, just begin to worship the Lord and magnify. Under your
We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.